Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we're talking about training kids how to work. Mm. So let's do that. <laughs> Easy. Just they all want to work naturally. Yeah. It's like, please, mom, please help. Yeah. Let me do all these chores. They just chores. have this instinctual work <laughs> ethic. Yeah. They want to sweat and, you know, put their hand to the plow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can I just count. I can't count the number of times they've all just been flocking to me for more and more work. I finished my last chore. Let me do another. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> please. Is there more homework? Uh, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this, this is uh, an important thing to teach kids because they don't come out of the womb with a mm-hmm. godly work ethic. Right. We've got to teach them how to have a godly work ethic. And if we don't, then they're going to go through their childhood years, their junior high years, their high school years, mm-hmm. and their working lives combating a bad work ethic, yeah. uh, bogged down by a bad work ethic. So right. we have a responsibility as Christian parents to equip our kids with a good perspective on work mm-hmm. and a work ethic, a habit of working uh, that reflects a, a, a godly understanding of these things. And so we have that responsibility and it's really good for them and yes. for, for us the, right? as a family when they uh, nail some of these things down. Yeah. I mean, as a mom, as a worker in the home, as a person who does a lot of the things inside our home, that's my workplace, right? It I can get a little bit frustrated if I feel like I'm the only one doing all the work around the house. And that's not the case. I'm not. But I do think nowadays there are more homes, based on what I've seen, based on conversations, where the moms or the dads or both are just taking on the chores. Like They're taking on that on their own shoulders. I think we've gotten away from teaching kids to do work, expecting them to do the work, making that part of their daily you know, schedule, making that part of what we do in our family is we all work. We're all working together here. I think that's kind of a lost art that I've seen. And I think it's something super important. Absolutely. So let's talk about training kids Mm -hmm. how to work first, uh, because this is something that takes time as a parent. This is going to be an investment of time and it's going to be work for you to teach your kids how to work. So we... We have to come to grips with the the time that it's going to take yes. to invest in our kids in this way. It's not going to be an instant or easy process. It's going to be repetitive yep. and time-consuming. Yes. And uh, we've got to be committed yes. to that, to equip our kids with this. Yeah, just a simple task like how to put your shoes on, you know? I mean, and socks. It's like that could take so much time just to show where the shoes are located, the socks are, how to pull them on the right way, what happens if you get frustrated, when to ask for help, try to problem solve first. I mean, just that one little task. And if you have one kid, two kids, you know, you're multiplying that by the amount of kids you have. It takes a lot of effort, patience, and you talking it through the steps, breaking it down, showing them, encouraging them to do it. So it's it's quite a process just to have them and you feel confident that they could get their own shoes on, right? <laughs> Just yeah. one thing. Yeah. And we repeat that. Yeah. And the so the big temptation here is it's a lot easier for you to just do it as a parent. Yes. Right? For you to just put their shoes on. Right. It's faster. 
there's less whining, there's less complaining. Yes. And um And it know, gets done it, right. It, it's actually like <laughs> the work level is actually yeah. less for you to put their shoes on than it is right. for you to teach them how to put their own shoes on. Right. So uh the easy path is for you to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. The more difficult yet necessary path is for you to equip them to do it themselves so that they can not only do it, you know, as a four-year-old, but uh, for the rest of their life. Right. And they build upon that. Yeah. And I think you make a great point. It's it's really tempting to just do it. And I, I'm guilty of that, yeah. of saying, I'll just do it. Give it to me. You know, I'm in a hurry. I'm in a rush. And I think that's why we're taking the time right now to stop and say, there needs to be some training sessions before you're in the moment um, where the need is there. Okay, now we're headed out the door and you need to put your shoes on for this example. We need to have spent some time before that moment putting in the effort. And so this is something we do regularly in our house. We'll stop and say, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you how to do this. We're not heading out the door. Your shoes don't need to be on at this moment. But I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to show you how to, to work through this entire process. And I'm going to be patient I'm going to model this. I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to equip you to do it right. And this may take, uh, I, how many times? Yeah. It, just, it depends on the kid, right? Yeah. It may take two or three. It may take 20 times uh-huh. of sessions of work mm-hmm. for us as parents mm-hmm. to teach them. Yeah. And so I think that's a really important point that you're going to set aside time um, outside of the context of rushing out the door yes. to get to a place to meet a certain deadline. Right. But and, and just prior to that stressful scenario, there's going to be a training session or, right. or 20. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so that that's part of the work here that we're talking about is you actually have to plan ahead. Right. You've got to have a training session. You've got to be really patient to then teach these concepts and break them down over and over again. And, yes. and so it just, it, it, this is a commitment on our end. And I think one problem is maybe we, we just, you know, not only are we take, take the easy path and this yeah. is going to be faster, more efficient for me to do the job. That's one pitfall here. Another pitfall is, oh, my kid's not old enough really to do that yet. Yeah. And I just think that's false. Mm-hmm. So for example, we have, uh, we've had a four-year-old a, a few times now. Yeah. And our fourth four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so when our first four-year-old was going to kindergarten, I guess she was five at the time. Right. And she, she, we were living in Indianapolis. And it was freezing mm-hmm. and right. there was yes. snow on the ground yes. and it was zero degrees outside. And we got an email from the school saying, you must teach your kids how to zip up their own jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers will not be zipping up kids' jackets. Right. Okay. So one, you have to bring your jacket to school. Two, you have to know how to zip it up. Right. And so we instructed our five-year-old with their little hands mm-hmm. how to grab the zipper, hook up the teeth and, you know, zip it up all by right. herself. Uh, her life depended on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she learned how to do it. Right. Okay. Now, that was probably like before we would have wanted to teach her how to do that just in terms of convenience. It'd be right. nice if her hands were bigger and stronger. But yeah. we taught her because it was necessary. And now, living in California, we have other kids who have been four or five. And, you know, they're still asking for mom or dad to zip this up because mm-hmm. we didn't have the the urgent deadline you know, imposed on us by the school. All that to say, your kid is capable. And if you take the time to teach them, they can probably learn how to do it. 
Right. And I, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be frank. I've, I've looked up the lists online and, and so, you know, if you're, if this is your first kid and you're not really sure what they should be able to do, you can look at your other friends, kids and see what they, but it's, I've also looked up developmental lists online. What should a kid be able to do it for? You know, that's just my type personality. Yeah. And I look through, it's like, well, they should be able to do these things. What about five? What kind of chores should they be able to do? But I think the more we expect from them, the more they rise up to it. You know, and I think the temptation is to expect less, keep it low, keep it very easy and not um, kind of push them in a way to do a little more, to rise up, to do something difficult. And you think about our lives as adults. How often are we expected to do a little more and rise up and go through something difficult. And so I want them to even engage in the process of this is frustrating my fingers with the zipper. I'm not sure how to do it. And, you know, this is hard. I'm dealing with now feelings of frustration or I can't do this. And now to be able to coach them through that as well. Well, what happens when you encounter a problem? What's something you could do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually it's like, uh, ask mom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Cry. You know, it's like, no, let's Go back, try again, start over, take a deep breath, calm down. I mean, there's all these kinds of training moments even within teaching them one skill that arises in helping our kids work through something tough. Yeah, that's really important. So to summarize here, a couple of points that we've made. One, mm-hmm. you've got to plan to teach your kids. So you've yeah. got to set aside time to do so. Two, you've got to you know put in the reps and you've got to yeah. give the same lesson over and over again, right. which takes more work than just doing the task yourself. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then I, I guess a third aspect of what we're saying here, we could just say it this way. Don't do everything for them. Yeah. You, you have to be resolved to not do everything for them. You yes. have to resist that. Something I say to them, and I this is a reminder even in sharing, is if I've trained them to do something and they're asking for me to do it, I will say... I have already taught you how to do that. You need to do it. Like It's like, remember, I've taught you how. I've seen that you can do it, and now you're wanting to be lazy and just have mom take over. So I've already taught you, so now I expect you to do it. And, you know, the temptation sometimes is I've taught you how to do it. I can see you can do it. But, oh, you're, you're tired or you're, you want help or you're, you're whining. I'll just do it. I think once you've taught and you see that they can accomplish it, Resist that temptation to just step yeah. in and and fix it again. And maintain high expectations of them. Right. You know, expect right. them to do it. Don't bail them out. Mm-hmm. And maybe increase your expectations of yeah. what they're capable of doing. Totally. So totally. I, I think that's really good. Now, um, we've suggested that when we offer such lessons to children, yeah. they don't necessarily love the process of learning. (laughs) So we might have to deal with some bad attitudes along the way. Talk to me, Bethany, about how you deal with bad attitudes when you're providing a fantastic lesson (laughs) on how to Sometimes it's a musical lesson, right? (laughs) I mean, how do you put shoes on? There's a song and a dance and everything. The shoes on. And it's just not well received. Right. So how do you deal with that? Yeah. I I mean, I think it's like Anything you you're gonna instruct your kids when they have a bad attitude, you know, you can't have a bad attitude with this. You need to change your attitude. And even for me, I, I don't. I've realized I can't really interact with them well when they have a bad attitude. I I'm not blaming that my attitude on them, but I start to have a bad attitude. It's like double bad attitudes coming out, right? So I often will just say, "You need to get calm down. You need to change your attitude, and then we're gonna try it again." It's like take a break, take a second 
you know, remember that you have to have a positive, happy heart as we talk about. And once you're there, we'll start again. But if I'm trying to wrestle them through, well, but just, to, you know, and it's like we end up kind of battling each other through our bad attitudes together. It's not going to be helpful. So there's there can be discipline right then for someone approaching a new task with a bad attitude. That often may be the case. Yeah. How do you deal with those bad attitudes, honey? Well, <laughs> uh, I don't Give know. Give them the but look, the dad look. It's not by just doing the job for them. Yes. Because that, so that just teaches them. Oh, next time I'm working and I don't like doing what I'm doing, I right. just complain and then whine and m- yeah. mom or dad bills me out. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's the big problem, and um, I just fully expect them to resist mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. because it's kind of in their nature to do so. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised yeah. when there's bad attitudes and we want to correct it when it's there. Yep. What about yep. the kid who does 90% of a chore? Ooh. What What about the, you know, I'm going to work, <laughs> but not quite finish. <laughs> we, we have one that I can think of. We, we've taught our kids. It's amazing, by the way, this amazing thing we've taught our kids after dinner. So one of, the, one of the best things that I think we've trained them is one Genius, kid, really. I just love it. I just, one kid does the dishes, one kid clears and wipes off the table, and one kid sweeps the ground after dinner. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm around, I might do some pots or package up the food or whatever. I mean, I might help out here and there, especially with the younger ones, but, and they just rotate. Well, we yeah, have- Yeah, well, it's basically like that scene from Sword in the Stone when the magic <laughs> is just yes. cleaning all the dishes, the whole kitchen. Yes. Yeah, it's like that. It's just about they, a bing, They just swoop through the kitchen yeah. and they, they sweep and they clean, they wash dishes. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, they do think it's a race, though. They do think yeah. if I can do this in 12.2 seconds, I win and I'm done. No, but we do have one that I, I can just think about, especially wiping off the table, just does about 75 to 90% of the work. And it's fun with that because you can actually look at an angle and see where there hasn't been any water. You know what I mean? So I will often call him or her. I shall not say. Mm-hmm. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you will say. Back and I'll say, look at it from here. You didn't miss, you didn't get this part. And rather than me picking up the sponge or the cloth and wipe and just, you know, I'll just get the syrup here. I'll just get this sticky part here. I call him back, have him get the sponge and go back and finish. Finish the job. And we talk about that. You know, you've done part of it. That's great. But you, it's not complete. And we expect you to complete it all the way. And, you know, so, oh, I didn't see it. I'm like, well, you need to do a better job of double checking then. When you think you're finished, look at every angle, walk around, don't run off for the next fun thing and make sure it's completed to its fullest. Yeah, we, we want to teach our kids to do the job all the way. Mm-hmm. And the, part of this is breaking it down for them yes. and giving them like, here, here are the steps. Right. Like if we don't do that for them, like we're, we're not really setting them up for success. So yeah. teaching them what the full and complete job looks like, and then equipping them to do it, giving them all the tools, all the resources they need, you know, to, to finish the job all the way. So, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, something like dishes, if, if you only do 90% of the job, well, then 10% of them are dirty and gross. And, right. you know, I don't want to eat off of a dirty plate. Yeah. And um, you don't want to book 90% of a flight when you're an adult, no, right? right. You, you, like you've got to yeah. be able to do a complete job. And so we want to equip our kids with that. We want to hold them to it and call them back to the table 
when they don't quite get there. So yeah. I think that's really important. Now, you know, we've got a range of kid ages here. And so the oldest mm-hmm. is at the front end, yeah. the high end of expectations and all the way down to the youngest. We, right. we try to create jobs that are appropriate for each right. along the way. But sometimes the youngest one can get off easy, you know. Um, for sure. <laughs> so how do you avoid that? Oh, it, this, is tr- this is just like something to really be aware of. And I... I at least for me, I have to think, I have to like spend some focus thinking about it. Because all of a sudden you realize you're the baby, whoever the baby of the family is, you know, the older kids end up, I'll just do it for them. I'll just help them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're whining or they're they're moving really slow. I'm so much more capable. So it's funny because I've even sometimes said to the older kids, okay, I, you're picking up toys or whatever. I want you to stop. I'm going to have the younger two finish. You've done a lot of the work. I've stopped the older two, and I've said, you littles, you guys need to finish. You've kind of been, you haven't been putting as much work in. But I just think it's it's something tempting for me to forget about that youngest one or easily kind of baby them or not um, not expect as high. And so I, I have to fight that urge and, and train, spend the time to train. You know, yeah. I've already trained three. Yeah. Don't forget about the fourth. Yeah. Spend that time with the fourth. Have the olders even model it. Encourage them. I tell them to often encourage Aaron when he did that. Look, you guys. And they're kind of like, what? I mean, no big deal. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, he's only four. Yeah. He's only four and he's doing that. So just to keep that fresh and, and keep working for the youngest. Yeah. Still give them time. Well, it's like the recurring theme through this whole episode is yeah. it just you you have to be disciplined as the parent to teach your right. kids. And, you know, an extra temptation here at the end is to, you know, get lazy with the youngest. Right. And maintain this kind of high standard for the older kids. So we just have to work hard yeah. to teach our kids to work hard. And yeah. uh, that's that's kind of the summary of this whole thing. Yeah. And one encouraging thing is if you just taught your kids one thing a week, yeah. right? Because it can sound overwhelming. Yeah. I think about that. Oh, I have so many things to teach them. But if I teach them one thing a week mm-hmm. and they get seven days to repeat it and then you can keep repeating it, then you've taught them 52. 52 things in a year. What you think about with chores and work and responsibilities, that's going to be a lot of things in each year once they're, you know, to the age where they can do them, yeah. do those things. So. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. All right. See you.